All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to an exciting edition of the Bakery Podcast. I am your glorious host, Aaron Baker. And honestly, today's episode, if you don't like professional wrestling, this isn't the episode for you. Um, Last week, I asked for you guys uh, for some group participation and, you know, having a little fun, trying to get you guys more involved in the show. And I asked, hey, if you want me to watch a pay-per-view and review it, um, just give me the promotion you want which there's three on the network. There's WWE slash F, WCW, and ECW. Uh, Give me a year and give me a month, and we'll see if there's a pay-per-view or a Nitro or an ECW TV taping or a Monday Night Raw, something something like that, if there isn't a pay-per-view for that month. Um... I will tell you, if you want me to watch classic, like, 80s WWF, there's only a few pay-per-views for um, the early the early years of them getting into pay-per-view. So, we'll have to figure something out there. But I will, you know, for stuff like that, like, if you want me to watch WrestleMania 1, I'll watch WrestleMania 1. So, you can also say that. But, today... Um, this is some, one of you took the time to actually um, give me one to watch and to also cover. So we're going to take you back here in just a few minutes to January 9, January 23rd, 1996. I was not even three months old when this paper, when this uh, Clash of the Champions uh, took place, but before I even get into the, this Clash of Champions, it's Clash of Champions 32, um, you can search it on Google, there will be a link there that, uh, from Daily Motion that if you want to follow along and watch this show, then you can watch that link, I also uh, posted it up on my personal Facebook page if you have me on there as well. But before we even get into this clash of the champions, um, I want to take the time out to thank each and every one of you for tuning into this episode each and every week. I definitely appreciate it. Um, the content's going to get better. It's going to... How do I say this? It's not going to be harder, but it's going to be more uncut because why not? Why not? Let's... You know, this is my show, and if I have to talk about somebody, then we all know I'm going to talk talk shit about somebody. Not saying that I have had that happen yet, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see how things go. Life always tends to throw you a curveball when you least expect it, so there's that. And also, last night... The Piqua boy, the Piqua high school football team, went undefeated in this COVID era. Gets a first round bye in the state playoffs, and I have two two uh, friends that 
are on the football team and they drove by they drove by uh, the buses went by my house because they were parading through town and a couple of them saw me and was like what's up loose cannon you know that's the nickname that they that they know me by so yeah, I wanted to congratulate the Piqua High School football team for going undefeated, you guys. It's not over yet. I'll tell you that right now. It's not over yet, and I look forward to uh, having one of those guys on the podcast because I did promise him after the season's over, we gotta we gotta figure out something. So yeah, look forward to that one. That one's gonna be like down the road. Um. We, of course, I gotta schedule some shit. But yeah, without further ado, why don't we talk about this Clash of Champions, shall we? Let's get this thing on the road. So, I would like to personally thank um, Chris Loy for giving me this as an option. Um, and you, honestly, dude, you didn't disappoint. I'll tell you that much. I thoroughly enjoyed everything. Uh, don't let my ratings reflect me not liking it. There's, I just can't give every match a 5 out of 5. You know, that's just unrealistic. So, let's get you guys a little bit of a backstory. These are my notes, um, word for word. Five months before the NWO would take over Monday nights and skyrocket WCW into a viable brand, WCW presented... One of the last few Clash of the Champions. It only went to 35, and the last one was in 1997. Uh, Macho Man is your world WCW world champ. Sting and Lex Luger are your tag champs, marred by controversy, which Lex Luger hit. I think it was Booker T that took the pin. Uh, hit him with a bag full of silver dollars. And, of course, all the big stars are here. I'm talking Hulk Hogan. Ric Flair, um, anybody that you can really think of, again, this is five months before Scott Hall shows up, I think four or five months before Scott Hall shows up, and the NWO, you know, just goes on that fucking rip and tear. This, this is the thing that I miss the most, is when there's like a pay-per-view or some special, um... I haven't seen WWE do it in a long, long time. And that's recap for those people that aren't tuned in every single week. And they only tune into the pay-per-views because they don't have all this time in the world to dedicate to wrestling. Uh, well, to WWE mainly. And that's the recap. They, they explained how we got to this Clash of Champions. I mean, in the main event, we had Ric Flair... Uh, losing to the Macho Man. This was on Nitro. Uh, Sting and Lex Luger became tag champions, like I just mentioned before. But in this main event, we've got Ric Flair and the Giant taking on Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. And honestly, this is most notably the wedding of Colonel Robert Parker and sister Sherry Martell, which there is a litany of fucking promos leading up to that wedding. Uh, we have Bobby the Brain Heenan and Tony Schiavone on the call with Mean Gene Okerlund live on location at a Little White Chapel in Las Vegas. Uh, for the 
for the wedding. And man, I gotta tell you, I miss seeing Bobby Heenan and Mean Gene Okerlund. Those guys are fucking legends, so rest in peace. Match number one. Nasty Boys versus Public Enemy. Uh, my rule of thumb for any wrestling show is you have to suck me into what you're selling. And basically what I mean is within the first segment, you have to have something that captivates me to want to continue further. For example, um, Monday Night Raw has gotten into this bad, bad habit of having a talking segment start your show. I honestly call that, um, I call it a cold open because you're not starting hot, you're not starting fresh. You're having somebody talk to somebody that has been working all day and just wants to see some fucking action. And honestly, in, in this match, that's exactly what happened. You got hard-hitting action. There were brawls all over the floor. Um... Honestly, I'm not a fan of both of these teams, but I did give this match a 3 out of 5. But the problem that I had with it, first of all, there was so much going on. And I want to bring the light the fucking table that was brought into the ring for a table spot. It was a legit fucking table. It wasn't one of these, like, pussy-ass... Rigged to explode tables. This was a solid ass table. And all it did was break just like a little bolt, like a giant board off. And that was used as a fucking weapon. And um, it wasn't Brian Nobbs who, I think it was Jerry Skag, Sags? I don't fucking know. Jerry Sags hit, um, Johnny Grunge in the back, and a piece just goes flying. Talk about fucking dangerous. Not the best idea either to throw a table at somebody, uh, which, honestly, I laughed out loud at. Just imagine that. A grown-ass man throwing another throwing a table at another grown-ass man. I gave it a, I gave it a 2.75, not a 3. Out of 5. Ric Flair and the Giant promo. This is a promo for tonight's main event. Uh, Flair pretty much carried this promo, to be honest. Knowing knowing who the Giant is kind of made it hard for me to really like this promo because Big Show's kind of a goof. And honestly, why was Jimmy Hart out there? I understand that he's, you know, the mouth of the South, the kind of the voice of the Dungeon of Doom. So why wasn't he talking for the Giant? The Giant could not cut this promo very well. Alright, match number two. Dean Malenko versus Das Bunderkin. Alex Wright. I give this match a three and a half out of five. And here's why. Um, no, I gave it a three, sorry. A three. <clears throat> Alright, continuing. Decent match between these two. Definite showing of some cruiserweight action. However, there was a botch with a head scissor takedown on Alex Wright. I mean, from Alex Wright to Dean Malenko. And honestly, if Dean Malenko isn't on your list of um, greatest wrestlers of all time, you are missing out. Just go check out this uh, this WCW era of Monday Nitro and find a Dean Malenko match. I I recommend anyone that has Jeric Chris Jericho or um, 
Rey Mysterio, because those two Matt, those two guys, absolutely tear the fucking house down. Uh, and with Eddie Guerrero too, if you could find that. Next up is what was supposed to be, um, well, next promo. This is the one. This was shitty. Next up was supposed to be Kevin Sullivan versus Disco Inferno, who was revealed by a fucking Elvis impersonator that he is at Colonel Parker and Sister Sherry's wedding and doesn't want to fight Kevin Sullivan. This whole segment sucked a dick. I mean, honestly, sucked a dick. The person who they brought out as Elvis was one of the worst Elvis impersonators ever. And I've heard some fucking doozies. This guy couldn't even sing like fuck. I burst out laughing so hard when Kevin saw he's singing and Kevin Sullivan just bops him one. But I mean funny shit. And I do apologize to you guys if it feels like I am going through this a little fast. Um, it's because this was my first time really seeing this pay-per-view. And I even messaged Chris that. I was like, oh, wow, I haven't seen this one. Um, so he gave me something that I hadn't seen before. And he said, and this is the rule now. I like this rule. And he gave me this rule. Just watch it. Don't do research. Just watch the pay-per-view and enjoy it. So, again, that's... This show was an hour, almost two hours long. And I'm and I'm trying to condense it down to at least an hour to 45 minutes. So... And there's something that I'm going to talk about here that's probably going to take at least maybe 10 to 15 minutes to really, you know, drill into your guys' heads. Um, wedding promo number... I said number one, but it's technically number two. Uh, we go to Mean Gene, and this is going to start like a fucking litany, like a fucking fuck ton of promos. Wedding promo number one. We go to Mean Gene live at, the, at a little white chapel with Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater, who reveal that Colonel Robert Parker is currently out gambling with the money that he needs to pay this drive-through uh, wedding chapel. Well, this wedding chapel, so him and Sister Sherry can get married. You can see where this is going to go wrong. Next, we have a Lex Luger and Sting promo uh, back live on location in the uh, at Caesar's Palace, by the way. Uh, Lex... Lex Luger is gloating over the tag team title win on Nitro and is basically claiming they are the best. But hold your horses, here come the fucking Road Warriors. The fucking Road Warriors, one of my one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Claiming that they want the belts and in WCW you got to beat the best to be the best. And Lex Luger wants nothing of it because he knows deep down he cannot beat the Road Warriors for shit. But his tag team partner, however, staying all for it, and so am I. So 
Whenever I get to watch Lex Luger and Sting versus Road Warriors, I'll definitely cover that one. Uh, also, rest in peace to Road Warrior Animal, who lost to who died who passed away of natural causes, unfortunately. Um, it's it's really sad. Like I watched his son uh, play at Ohio State. And if you want to know who Joe, who Road Warrior Animal's son is, it's James Laurinaitis. Um, and my heart, my uh, my heartfelt prayers go out to James and his family right now. Um, this is definitely not something that they wanted to happen. And honestly, thank God that it was um, natural causes, and you know, not something COVID related. So there's that. So rest in peace, the Road Warriors. You guys are having some awesome tag matches with uh, with a lot with a lot of um, wrestlers who have left us too soon. And I hope if there is a afterlife, I get to watch a watch a Road Warriors match. You know, this this okay. So. This was also included in this Clash of the Champions, and I didn't write anything about it because I'm not going to cover a promotion, a promotional piece for a WCW magazine. Oof. Oof. If I could go back in time and just say, hey, well, here, you know what? I'm not even going to say what I was just going to say. I'm going to retract that. And I can understand why the WCW magazine was a thing. And this is, you know, pre-internet. I'm talking, this is 1996, folks. People still read books to get their information and magazines. And this is how you would get the mag, how you would get information, you know, from WCW and what's going on. Uh, exclusive photos from the WCW photography staff, etc., etc. So I'm not really going to cover that portion because it's not it wasn't really significant to anything in the show it's the same thing with toward the main uh, at the main event well before the main event of the show there was a slim jim commercial which we all know who was representing slim jim mr macho man himself randy savage uh-huh yeah i'm now i'm not gonna do that again so please don't don't ask me to do that again, cause I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. Um, next we get a Mister Wonderful promo. Basically stating that he, his doctors have told him to go get surgery, uh, and that his injury is a is a career ending injury um and he's also hyping up that brian pillman is responsible for him being put on the shelf because at this time brian pillman is going through that transformation of where he is the loose cannon brian pillman he's the instigator in chief and he instigated the attack from mr wonderful uh and then the four horsemen attacked mr wonderful and put him on the shelf which is what the four horsemen are known for doing. So, and honestly, I didn't like this promo for Mr. Wonderful. It just, it just wasn't for me. 
All right, so we're going to have another wedding promo as Colonel Robert Parker finally makes it to a little white chapel, but there's one problem. He gambled all his money away and can't pay the venue to have his wedding services. Me, personally, I think that the chapel didn't want to have all these fucking cameras in here, or WCW couldn't pay them enough to shoot on location, so they had to come up with this kind of angle. Uh, still no sign of Sister Sherry. She's on her way to the chapel, but let, but again, nothing can go wrong, right? All right, so here it is. Match number three. Flying Brian Pillman, which is what they were still calling him at this time, versus... Eddie Guerrero. I gave this match a three, but I think I'm going to change it to a two and a half. Because, you know what? I'm going to keep it as a three. And I'm going to, and I'm going to tell you right now, for those of you that know me personally, know that I wrestled uh, backyard as the loose cannon Aaron Baker. Well, Brian Pillman's loose cannon is who I got the inspiration from. And I, like I wrote here, I absolutely love loose cannon Brian Pillman. He knows how to get the crowd riled up and to put everyone on edge. I mean, for God's sake, in this match, he goes over to uh, Bobby Heenan and tries to shake his red jacket. And Bobby Heenan goes off character and says, What the fuck are you doing? Live on television. Walks away for a second. Bobby Heenan gets back on the microphone and said, I want to apologize if I said anything that was, um, that shouldn't have been said there. I, I do apologize for that. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's what the loose canon is all about it's to make you uneasy it's to make you feel like oh shit he could snap at any moment and we're not gonna look and we're not gonna fucking know when the loose cannon says whatever is on his mind and will do whatever he has to do to achieve his goal it's made to make people uneasy and let me tell you this was so fucking original of Brian Pillman to think of something totally different and against the grain. It just baffles me that we're not seeing something like Brian, Loose Cannon Brian Pillman on a bigger stage like a WWE, um, an AEW, I mean, give it some time. It could happen on AEW. Um, what is it? Um, Impact, Ring of Honor, any wrestling promotion. You can have a loose cannon character and make it work. That's what I was trying to do in um, EWF. I turned the loose cannon Brian Pillman character up to 10. And I did things that were unauthorized, unapproved, 
uncut, unrated. And you'll see that later on uh, with the, with this with a Brian Pillman promo. Uh, Brian Pillman wins after grabbing, uh, rolling Eddie Guerrero up for a pin and getting and holding on to the tights. So great heel work. Um, and next we see a typical Hulk Hogan promo with uh, Macho Man Kevin Green, and this is before the Super Bowl that year. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. In that Super Bowl, the Dallas Cowboys won with a score of 27-17 to because Kevin Green would state that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to run through the uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, this Super Bowl Sunday. They they almost did, but they didn't. Um, it's a pri- This promo is literally a prime example of please don't wear ear- headphones while watching wrestling. Because it's a lot of yelling. But the thing that really made me go, whoa, what the fuck? Was the jab from Hulk Hogan to Macho Man Randy Savage when talking about Miss Elizabeth? And I quote, You know something, brother? If, I think he said, I don't know if Kevin Green can handle her if you can't handle her, brother. And at this time, Macho Man and Randy, uh, Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth weren't married. What the fuck? What the fuck? I I was literally sitting at my seat and I looked up and I was like, "What the fuck?" Um. All right. So match number four. The Blue Bloods, which are Lord Steven Regal and uh, Earl Robert Eaton, taking on Sting and Lex Luger. There were so many talented guys in this match. And I honestly forgot that Steven, also known as William Regal, uh, his selling faces are fucking hilarious. Are so hilarious. And I forgot how intense Lex Luger could be. And, you know, again, we're like so many months away from the NWO taking over that I forgot how good Sting was. Because in 1996, late 96 uh, through 97, you didn't see Sting in the ring at all until Starcade 1997. He didn't wrestle a match until Starcade 1997. Sting will get the victory with a Scorpion death lock. But there was a botch in this match when Lex Luger tried to catch uh, Robert Eaton off the top rope. And he just fucking collapses. Just fucking collapses. Alright, so here we are. Wedding promo number four. Sister Sherry finally arrives to the chapel. But unfortunately, Colonel Robert Parker has some bad news. He's broke. And they will have to have the reception outside in the parking lot. And unfortunately, she's also going to have to find somewhere to put her wedding dress on. Because they went to the trailer and Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater were right in front of the door stating that there was a dog. And that she couldn't come in 
to the trailer. Really interesting. All right, so we get a Eric Bischoff interviews Brian Pillman, and Pillman, you could tell when Eric Bischoff said Brian Pillman and looked over his shoulder, he was nervous. He was nervous because he didn't know what Brian Pillman was going to say. Was he going to go off the cuff, or was he going to just skate that line so thin? And that's exactly what Brian Pillman did, was skate that line so fucking thin. He said that he was going to say the seven words you can't say on television, and then preached about respect. It's why Arn Anderson slaps a guy like Brian Pillman across the face was for respect. Uh, Excellent promo from Brian Pillman. And again, like I stated to you guys just maybe 10 minutes ago, the loose cannon persona is to make you feel uncomfortable, like you don't know what's going to happen next. And in this era of WCW, that would have fit perfectly if Eric didn't fire Brian Pillman. Just saying. All right, next we have International Flavor. Uh, when Co- when Psychosis takes on Mexican Heavyweight Champion Conan for the Mexican Heavyweight Championship. I really this I really enjoyed what WCW did back in the day though, and they really broadcast and showcase that's what I meant. As I should say, international talent. The WWF at this time, I don't even think was doing that. Uh, so making them a big deal, and it's right before the main event of the evening. That's awesome. I mean, they did everything that you could think of. High spot galore. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is not, this this Conan is not yo-yo-yo. It's K-Dog Conan. You know the Mexican gangster Conan, like the one in the NWO? Yeah, that this isn't him. This is Luchador Conan, where he's flip-flopping and flying. And it was really awesome to see to see that kind of uh, Conan match, because, again, he was in Mexico. People in the States probably didn't get to see Conan very often. And, what I f- and I also don't want to forget to mention that Mike Tanay joined the commentary table to help you know Tony and Bobby pronounce some of these moves. Um, I apologize here for yawning. I do miss Mike Tanay at a broadcast booth. I think his experience in TNA Impact Wrestling really kind of soured him on this, on the fact. Like, I would really enjoy for Mike today to do just a one-off with AEW one night only. And see if he likes it one more time. Because he's really good friends with Taz. So, it would be really awesome to see Mike today back at the broadcast booth. Uh, Conan. Conan's going to win with, I think, what Tony Schiavone said was a Ziploc submission. Where he's got his his legs wrapped, his opponent's legs wrapped around his leg. 
and then pretty much folds the opponent into a fucking human pretzel. He gets the victory and is still the Mexican heavyweight champion. Like I said, the cruiserweight division is in full force in 1996, and in 97, it gets even fucking hotter. More on that later. Finally, Jesus Christ, the wedding is finally here. Sister Sherry's getting ready in the limo. And we finally get this fucking payoff to all these promos when Medusa Michelli comes out of the trailer and slaps Sister Sherry across the face because we're in wrestling, baby. And wrestling weddings can't go as planned because everything is a fucking angle. Alright, so here we are, finally. The main event. Hulk Hogan and WCW World Heavyweight Champion Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth and Kevin Green take on Ric Flair and The Giant. Now, earlier in that Hulk Hogan, uh, Kevin Green, and Macho Man promo, they announced, they were talking about their last secret weapon, which was Miss Elizabeth. It was really, really nice to see Miss Elizabeth. You know, you could hear the people were so enamored by Miss Elizabeth. And that was about it for me. Um, I'm not really a big fan of Hulk Hogan. Um, I think his matches for the time that they happened were good. But I just don't like Hulk Hogan's work rate. Not yet, at least. I loved Hollywood Hogan. I loved Hollywood Hogan. But this ultimate babyface Hulk Hogan, I can't get behind. I just can't. I was doing housework while even uh, while watching the main event. And I really don't have a whole lot to say. Um, Hulk and Macho Man are victorious because Hogan must pose. And we are full-fledged ready for the Super Brawl 6 pay-per-view in February. Because that was going to be the first pay-per-view in 96. Because WCW sold out in January. Um, and 1997 was going to be the first pay-per-view of the year. Um, come 97. Overall thoughts of this Clash of the Champions. I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I mentioned before, the Loose Cannon, Brian Pillman stuff was really phenomenal. Um, they showed a lot of promos in this Clash of Champions and not enough action for me. But my favorite match by far was, and, it, and you would think that I'm kissing Brian Pillman's ass in this episode, that we should just call this the Brian Pillman episode, but no. My favorite match of the night was the last was the Mexican heavyweight match. I th I thoroughly enjoyed everything. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time I was watching it for the first time. Oh, and I forgot to mention I gave that match a four out of five. Um, overall, this Clash of Champions for the first time watching it, I'm giving it a seven and a half out of ten. Um, like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed everything. You just can't give, um, you can't give every match a five out of five. There were some technical difficulties, um, during this clash, like the 
promo from Public Enemy had some audio issues. There were some audio issues issues as well with the uh, Mr. Wonderful promo. It sounds like somebody's talking over, you know, what's being recorded and shit like that. You know, just little bugs and whistles and shit. I do apologize. My earbud just fell out. Um, but, yeah, I... I recommend you guys go check this pay-per-view out because next week, next week is one of the greatest WCW pay-per-views of all time. And I'm not talking about Starcade 1997. I'm talking about Halloween Havoc 1997. This pay-per-view is most famous for Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. I suggest you guys go check that match out before I even review it, because I'm going to tell you right now, before I even see it, the match is getting a 5 out of 5 because of everything that I've heard about it. And I can't wait to watch it for myself. Um, like I said, I do want to apologize for running through this pay-per-view fairly quickly. Um, like I said, it was almost a two-hour show, and I got to condense it into almost 45 minutes worth of content now with that being like with that being said next week halloween havoc 1997 and if you would like to participate in this little uh this little pay-per-view venture hit me up on facebook or you know hit it me up in the comment section on the bakery podcast facebook page and Give me, give me a promotion. Um, WWE slash F. I'll just say WWE. WCW or ECW. Give me a month and give me a year. And I will review your episode on this. Uh, your pay-per-view choice on this episode. On this podcast. Jesus Christ, I've been talking for a while. So, with that being said, I'm Aaron Baker. Actually, you know what? I got some more to say. I have some more to say. Um, the election. Uh, you know what? I ain't even gonna fucking talk politics. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Um, yeah, fuck it. I ain't got anything else to say. Thank you for listening. Um, my, I am Aaron Baker. You're not. And this has been the Bakery Podcast. And I am now closed enjoy this um also at the end of this enjoy this uh brian pillman promo from ecw cyber slam 1996 it's one of my favorite brian pillman promos and it personifies the loose cannon to a t
will be one of the most extreme hours of wrestling. Wait, hey, wait a minute.
each and every one of these motherfucking smart marks rolled up in a one giant piece of shit. I guess, I guess you guys didn't get that. Smart marks. What's a smart mark? A mark with a high IQ? Whatever I want. Ah, I don't give a fuck. I 
you out or I'll beat his fucking ass tonight. <laughs>